Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. I often describe myself as an accidental entrepreneur. Uh, I first started doing this as a hobby, as a bit of fun, purely because I love eating and I want to hang out with folks. And if I can have a beer with them at the end of the day, even better, fantastic. And so I ran tours just one day a week for two, two and a half hours, just out of a bit of fun until, uh, I, the, until. Till the day that the startup I was working for closed in April 2019, I remember it very well. And that night I had been invited to a dinner for hosts in New York City. And I got to sit around a table with incredibly inspiring people who were doing their own niche tours, um, thrift shopping, candy making, sailing, motorbike riding, etc. And it finally crystallized to me that this little hobby that I had could actually be a full-time gig and it had taken me a little while to realize what was exactly in front of my nose but the moment I caught on to it I realized all right this is this is time for me to try and do this full-time Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Tourpreneur podcast. And this is a space where we talk to tour operators about their story, their best practices, sharing their tips and tricks. And today we are going to New York City and eating sandwiches. I am with Ben Gollin, uh, who runs A Man and His Sandwich. They run oper- or they operate tours across New York City focused on not only just food, but more specifically the meat, the cheese, all the goodies between the buns. And so, Ben, a huge welcome to Tourpreneur. Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate it, mate. Uh, yep, it's all about the sandwich here in New York City. All right. From the first words that opened your mouth, I have a sense that you might uh, started somewhere else than New York City. So I'm wondering if you could give us the rundown. What brought you to New York? Uh, what what what's your what's your past yeah so obviously from the accent i'm from australia from sydney australia uh in 2016 my wife and i moved to new york for her job she works for an american company um and my dirty little secret is that back in australia i was a lawyer a lawyer who did not have the most uh job satisfaction i'll try and say it diplomatically and so when i moved to new york i decided to try something a little bit new uh, and decided to start blogging and writing about sandwiches in my search to find the world's best, which I had a sneaking suspicion was here in New York. And then eventually I turned my search for the best sandwich into a food tour called the New York Sandwich Tour, which still exists today. Uh, that was five years ago now. 
uh, five years ago this week, actually. So it's um, a man eating sandwich's birthday, if I like, if I can say that. What does a man eat on the birthday of a man eating sandwich? <laughs> well, unsurprisingly, a sandwich. Uh, <laughs> my current favorite one is a delicious ham, mozzarella, caramelized onion, sweet pickled jalapenos, sun-dried tomato panini, my tiny little tamale shop of all places in the Lower East Side. So I had that and a beer. Very typically Australian. <laughs> all right. So let's go back to your nervous breakdown. You hated lawyering. And <laughs> that seems to be the only way to explain suddenly waking up and deciding your next step was blogging about sandwiches. Did you have a lifelong passion about sandwiches? Why specifically sandwiches? Or did you have a, a content marketing background and think this could be kind of a a blog, this could be a thing. So it's definitely a lifelong passion. I think for me, sandwiches had a nostalgic element to it. Um, I grew up eating them and, you know, opening your lunchbox to see what mum and dad had packed for you that day at school uh, takes takes me way back. But the original uh, genesis of A Man and His Sandwich was actually when uh, in 2014, I came to New York for four weeks. And I decided to explore the city via neighborhood, via sandwiches I could find in that neighborhood. Because a kid from Sydney, Australia, who comes to New York for the first time can be a little bit intimidating. It's quite big. And so I thought an easy way to break it down was via the sandwiches. And so I would discover uh, or hear of a great sandwich in the East Village. And so that day would be my East Village day based around that sandwich. I'd eat it, explore I'd go home and I'd write a very embarrassing travel blog uh, about my daily adventures. That lasted for four weeks while I was here in New York City and then a couple of weeks in London as well. And when I got back to Australia, some people had started listening to my embarrassing travel blogs. So I got to write for magazines and online publications. And it was all just a pure hobby, a creative outlet, because I was a lawyer by day and a sandwich blogger by night uh and so then i had my nervous breakdown when we moved into new york as you described it and decided i'm not going to back to law school i'm going to try something more creative and that was about the exact same time that airbnb experiences first launched here in new york city and so my combination of eating and blogging about sandwiches and this brand new thing called airbnb experiences kind of merged at the same time and i started decided to start doing a food tour I was about to ask, where does one market a sandwich tour? Where do those get sold? And you answered my question. Tell me about that journey with Airbnb experiences. So you were there right from the beginning of their launch? Yeah, right there from the beginning. One of the first launch partners back in 2016. Um, uh, Airbnb experiences sort of changed my life because as we've said, I used to be a lawyer. Now I get to do sandwich tours. But when it first came up, they were a brand new random thing that I knew absolutely nothing about. But I was uh, operating um, ad hoc food tours for a mutual friend of a friend uh, for his PR company. Uh, and when I was doing one of them, another mate had told me that this thing called Airbnb experiences is starting. You should look into it. Uh, and so it was just a fun little hobby for me. I could eat sandwiches with random folks from across the world once a week. I applied. I, um, 
I lied through my teeth in my application about just how connected I was in the sandwich world of New York City. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty lawyerly of you, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, uh, 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 the ethics, the scrupulous ethics, I didn't have to abide by those rules anymore as a non-lawyer. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I applied and was accepted to be one of the first launch 100 experiences in New York. And at that time, New York was sort of the crown jewel of Airbnb experiences. Um, I loved it because it was a very, very low barrier to entry. You just had to have an idea. And it seemed to me that the niche here, the idea, the more that Airbnb loved it at the time. Um, and I was lucky enough to be accepted. I've been running Sandwich Tours through Airbnb and now some other platforms ever since that time. Yeah, you know, one of the questions we get entrepreneur all the time is, what platform should I be on? And people seem to think there's just a magic bullet answer that everybody is going to say in unison in one voice, you should be on this platform. But it really depends on your experience. It depends on who the customer is on that platform and what kind of tours are offered on that platform. Yours seems ready-made for how Airbnb positions itself, which is unique, different, special, young, fresh, fun not your average kind of highlights tour. And so what has your journey been going beyond Airbnb? Uh, and actually, let's start here. Airbnb, I don't know, from an outsider's perspective, seemed to kind of start hiding experiences a little bit. It started to say, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You've got to hunt and click in order to find these. Did you suffer through that sort of journey that Airbnb went on with experiences? Yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Uh, as you said, in, I want to say, March, April, May of 2022 this year, they had a relaunch of their website. And aesthetically, the new website looks absolutely beautiful. If you're looking for an amazing par apartment with the greatest pool you've ever seen in your entire life, in a forest, on a mountain, in a country you've never heard of. And it's brilliant. Uh, but the experiences did get hidden, which for experience hosts really impacted all of our organic uh, business. Uh, so it has been a little bit difficult. Now, I know that Airbnb has heard us and listened to hosts. And Brian Chesky, the CEO, has now spoken about 2023. There's going to be a renewed focus on Airbnb experiences. So we're all very much looking forward to what that um, uh, that focus is going to be. But whilst that has been a little bit disappointing, at the same time, they have pivoted in our favor in the past as well in a huge way. And the best example for that is online experiences. Obviously, as all tourpreneurs know, when COVID first happened in March 2020, uh, the walking tour or the multi-day tour businesses died overnight. Uh, it was really brutal, very sad. Uh, I, I definitely wallowed uh, in my own self-pity for a couple of weeks when that happened. But within six weeks of the US COVID shutdown, Airbnb had relaunched online experiences where you could turn your walking tours, your food tours, your, your art tours, whatever, into Zoom-based online tours. And I was very lucky to be approached to be one of the first uh, Airbnb online experiences. And that has completely revolutionized um, a man in this sandwich. 
I turned my walk sandwich walking tour into an online sandwich cooking class where um, individuals, families, or mostly now corporate teams join me on Zoom for an hour from anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world, and they get to chat sandwiches with me. We cook a delicious New York sandwich uh, together, and we debate whether or not hot dogs are sandwiches. Uh, you'd be surprised, Mitch, just how passionate that debate gets. Uh, but it moves. have a lot of time on their hands. People have a lot of time. You would be shocked how much information there is on the internet about hot dogs being sandwiches. Some real subreddits to get involved in. But it booms. And since May 2020, I've now run about 1,100 online uh, classes. Uh, it has meant that my business has uh, increased by about 400%. Uh, and it has most importantly meant that I got to stay and live here in New York City rather than move back to Australia when I thought my business, my walking tour business was kind of done and dusted when COVID first happened. So the long answer is it's a roller coaster with any OTA, but uh, I'm very happy that I've been sticking with Airbnb this entire time. So let's drill down into this, especially the corporate team building part of it, because that is on the minds of a lot of operators. We talk about corporate work a lot when we are doing our coaching with uh, entrepreneur plus members because sometimes it's this sort of completely unknown void how do I get in touch with companies how do I put together something that a company wants what do we mean even by team building are they meant to be hugging each other at the end and so I'm wondering first of all was all your corporate work done through Airbnb or did you start working directly with companies and what was that experience like it definitely started just with Airbnb when online experiences first became a thing, at the outset, it was individuals. It was um, mostly, to be honest, bored humans stuck in COVID lockdown, not being able to go out and do things anymore. So they joined online classes to make a sandwich or make paella or learn how to sketch, etc. Um, very quickly, it turned into corporate teams who had remote teams who were looking to connect their uh, employees when they were dispersed all over the city, all over the country, and they literally weren't allowed to hang out in the same room together. Um, the conversation or the word of mouth about Airbnb online experiences really grew through the corporate world, and really enormous corporate names started catching on. And once you're online experience infiltrates, like a better phrase, a really big company, the word of mouth within it super helps. So for instance, LinkedIn, Google are two, have been two of my biggest quote unquote customers for the online experience because I've done well with one team. They tell their colleagues and these corporations are enormous. There's so many individual teams uh, that that has really helped. So predominantly, it's definitely been through Airbnb. Uh, these days, I do a bit more um, cold outreach and LinkedIn-ing and, and so forth as well. Are you doing that? Uh, are you doing those pitches through LinkedIn? Are you reaching out and finding key managers at companies, or what does that look like? Yeah, definitely trying to work the LinkedIn angle uh, more recently. The online experiences world, it's never going to be quite as massive as it was the last two years, purely because of COVID. 
we literally did not have any other uh, opportunities than online experiences for a while. So it's not going to be quite the peak there. But remote work is not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, employees are loving only having to go into the office one, two or three days a week. Teams are making it work. So I think that for all tourpreneurs, an online element of your business is almost mandatory these days because now I don't have to wait for people to come to New York. I get to come into their homes, their cities, their countries. So it has completely opened up um, the spectrum of individuals that I can interact with. Um, and LinkedIn is clearly just a giant database of corporate teams to start drilling through to find. So it has been a lot of um, uh, cold calling, um, phantom busting, um, outrage, uh, posting. Chilpreneur, you guys had a great uh, episode about LinkedIn only two or three weeks ago, which I've already taken a whole bunch of tips uh, about. So thank you very much for that. For Peter as well, I think yeah. he was the lead on, on, on that podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's great. When it comes time to designing an experience for team building, did you change things? Did you, are you just making a sandwich in front of people? Like what does creating a team building exercise specifically look like? Yeah, it's a great question because the term team building itself is really nebulous. Like it is, what? I get so <laughs> many questions from confused operators who are like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, and I don't think there is a, an, an, a genuine answer as to what team building is. For me, it's getting people to engage together uh, and bringing that experience together at the very end with a little bit of a message that they can take away. What I quickly realized when I had to move a walking tour into an online class is I had to keep it simple. I had to keep it fun. And I had to keep it really interactive. So I looked at my walking tour and tried to decipher what was the core hook of why people really loved it. And delicious sandwiches is obviously part of it. People are signing up to eat food. But the core of it was this hook. The question, is a hot dog a sandwich? And the fun and the debate around that. And during two years of COVID, when everything was really serious and everything was really heavy, allowing uh, teams to ignore everything else that was going on and only have to focus on a silly, fun little question about is a hot dog a sandwich and debate amongst themselves brought a lot of joy into individuals and the teams, allow them to escape from everything else that was going on in their life. Uh, and at the end, just have fun with their colleagues when fun was a little bit of a scarce community at that time. So if people are trying to move their uh, in-person experiences into an online world, I would really suggest trying to find their own little hook and understanding who their audience is. For me, the audience is corporate. Love that. I love... I, to me, it's gold just even saying you need a hook and keep it clear and keep it simple. Make it just a thing that's comprehensible, that's shareable, that they can speak about over the proverbial online water cooler and yeah. say, yeah. we just spent an hour making sandwiches and debating this 
topic or whatever, that's great. I love that. Yeah. And it's really accessible. Like sandwich is a, a very low level risk thing, right? Everyone knows what a sandwich is. Most people have eaten sandwiches in their past. I send out ingredients lists. I suggest bring what I'm using. If you, if you hate the ingredients I'm using, here's some alternatives. If you don't like them, grab whatever's in your refrigerator. It's a sandwich. They're going to make it work. It's not brain science. We're just having a bit of fun for an hour. Are you giving like ingredients lists and things ahead of time? Or is it sort of almost like a refrigerator challenge where we're going to build something with whatever you've got? <laughs> I've tried both. I've tried both. <laughs> it's definitely not easy if I give ingredients list out, out, out in advance. But I've seen some some unique sandwiches. I'll say that. <laughs> All right. So you know, I was about to say that you are the quintessential niche tour operator, but you're not. You're a niche of a niche. You're a niche of a niche of a niche. You're not a you're you're not a food tour operator. You're not operating New York City food tours. You're operating sandwich tours, and so some you know. And listen, I say this all the time: Airbnb experiences is great for you because there you've got a captured, captivated customer. You don't need to create demand. Uh, it's there. They're looking at things to do in New York City in this sort of curated space where you're supposed to be weird. It's supposed to be done in a treehouse. It should be underground. It should be this or that. But yep. in, in the much wider, bigger world of Google searches and undifferentiated OTAs like Viator or Get Your Guide, which are a little bit more, um, could we say, norm core, the, the space there is a lot different. And what has been your experience going towards a direct sales approach and also what other platforms have you begun experimenting with and what has been your experience being so niche on those? Yeah, you've, you've definitely nailed on the head. Airbnb is great for niche, uh, some other OTAs less so. And look, it's definitely a challenge. Um, uh, my experience so far has been that it's a lot more work for a niche tour to exist on other platforms than it has been on Airbnb. Um, I love niche tours because I think you can own a space. Mm -hmm. It, I honestly could not believe that no one else was doing sandwich tours in New York City before I started. And uh, I thought I could own that space. And so to do that, I not only started my first sandwich tour, I opened up a second one as well because I then thought it would look like the market was crowded and no one else could come in to the sandwich uh, to a space <laughs> because there was two instead of one. Maybe it's worked or maybe just no one else has the idea to do it because I'm unaware of anyone else doing a sandwich tour in New York City, which still blows me away. Moving Yeah, on. it's 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 I've I've started businesses as well in similar ways and it's sort of eerie. You sort of keep asking yourself, mm, is there something they know that I don't know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Am I that idiot that everyone else is thinking, why has he done this when we realize we shouldn't? <laughs> uh, but it's great fun, regardless. Um, I've definitely jumped onto TripAdvisor and Vieta, uh more recently, as well as um, Eat With, which is a more of a niche uh, food tour, uh, and some others as well through the networks of Vieta, et cetera. Um, I guess I'd don't have quite the same engagement rate on those, but that is both attributed to the fact that I'm brand new 
so my reviews are a lot lower and I am quite niche But I think that no matter what the platform you're on, the benefit of a niche tour is that when, when your audience finds you, they are so engaged. They can't believe they've never been on a sandwich tour in, in the past themselves or their partner or their friend or their family member uh, loves sandwiches. And so when they discover that there is a sandwich tour, they are all about it. And you get incredible uh, guests. You have incredible tours because people are so into it. You don't accidentally fall into a sandwich tour. You specifically book one when you find it. But as you said, on Google to, uh, Google searches and so forth, it's a lot more challenging. So it has been a content play for me most recently. I've updated my website. Actually, thank you, Mitch. You put me onto Gondola, uh, who helped update my website, and they've been great. Yeah, I visited your website before, before recording here, and I said, oh, good, he listened to me. Because <laughs> yeah. I could, I could, it I could spot it right away that you created a Gondola website. And, you know... What's good about them is, is it, it just gets up and running and it's optimized for SEO. And I saw that, for example, your H1 was NYC food tour and not anything about sandwich, which you've got to, if you're going to play an SEO game, people search for food tours, three people, and they're all related to you have ever searched for sandwich tours. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, so there's been a content play, especially around starting blogging again to get people in. My social media accounts, Amanda Sandwich, is all about sandwiches and driving people in. But the world of more, I think your term was normie uh, OTAs, I'm still, I'm back to a beginner almost again. Whereas I know the tricks and the traits of, of Airbnb that I can, I can play the system a little bit more. So one of the other ways in which you've gotten your name out there is through great press write-ups and television coverage. And so what has been your journey going down the route of that? Because I think that's a really fantastic and very underutilized route that many tour operators really don't think is, is, is accessible to them. Yeah, I've been really lucky to have some really great coverage in the past. Uh, two national television appearances, one here in America, nationally syndicated, on a television show called The Good Dish um, and The Morning Show, the Australian version, plus a whole bunch of articles and so forth. Um, uh, some of it has definitely been my reach out to food publications here in New York and elsewhere. You know, your big names like Eda, Infatuation, Time Out, etc. Uh, but a lot of it has also been just organic folks reaching out to me. Again, with niche, I've been doing sandwiches for the better part of six to eight years now with my embarrassing trouble blog to now. So I have got a lot of content on the internet based purely around sandwiches. The beautiful thing about the internet is once it's up there, it's up there forever. And so I'm starting to build a library. And so when opportunities uh, in the media world come up based around sandwiches, my name is, and my, my business's name is going to be flagged at some point. So folks are reaching out to me. Uh, also, because I'm in the world of sandwiches, my network in that world over the last six years has grown and grown. Now, for instance, the morning show appearance is because a friend of a friend 
uh, is a producer on the show. Our mutual friend came to Australia to come on my sandwich tour and, and hang out with us, tagged us on Instagram. Uh, the producer did uh, an Instagram search, went down the rabbit hole, found me, found my business, reached out to say, do you want to do a live cross from New York to Sydney? And I suggested, why don't I come to Sydney and I come in studio and, uh, and actually have a chat. And they were up for it. It was an excuse for me to go back to Australia anyway to see the family. I made it on there and it was really great press coverage. As you would have seen, Mitch, on the, on the website, I'm now blasting all of the all the national TV spots all over the website as well to give myself some authority. It's not just some crazy guy eating sandwiches in New York. This guy's actually a bit of a connoisseur. He knows what he's talking about, which gives new customers some more um, uh, confidence that it's going to be a great experience when they come on one of my tours. Yeah, those authority badges are so, so powerful. And... Uh, I just gave a talk at Arrival recently about this with Akila McConnell. And one of the easy things to do is just be subscribing to helpareporterout.com. Harrow press, totally. you know, press pitches are being, are being put out there every single day asking for hidden gem special event type, or, you know, special fun events in New York City or whatever. And you, you've got a hook right there, especially with your niche product. So any listener out there that is got a similar sort of niche product you've got a built-in fantastic pitch to so many different uh travel magazines out there i know i've used it specifically in my tour guide training school and that's why when you go to tripschool.com you see as seen in the new york times and the washington post and all these other things it was just you know it starts with that pitch so have you um perfected or worked on kind of your cold pitch are you hooking them in saying you never knew a sandwich would be this interesting or what what have you what have you done to kind of lure in some of these publications? Yeah, the 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 pitch has definitely changed over the years. I also use um Harrow help a report out. In fact, last night I literally sent across another pitch to a, a media publication coming here for tour for restaurants in Brooklyn. So huge tip, definitely do that, Mitch. Uh, and also a shout out to Akila. Um I, I've never met her, but I'm kind of obsessed with her and her story as well. I know she used to be a lawyer as well start doing uh, niche tours in Atlanta. So excellent. Um, the and big that, in virtual as well. So I'm huge in virtual as well. There were so many things that she was talking about, which just screamed out to me too. So um, Akilo, one day we're going to have a sandwich together if you're listening. <laughs> God, do we, is that all we can do together, Ben? <laughs> oh, we can do more, but start for the sandwich. The sandwich is the vehicle to bring people together to then connect. Yeah, you know what? Actually... I don't want to derail you, but something that you mentioned that I didn't bring up again at the beginning of this was like the powerful emotional connection that you have as sort of a storyteller or an experience maker with something like a sandwich. Because what is a sandwich? It's it's it it universally means something to billions of people on Earth, right? Uh, even more universal than a glass of wine or other kinds of you know food or beverage tourism vehicles and. My grandmother making me a bologna sandwich as a child is such a formed and concrete and powerful and kind of gross memory in my head, and it's evocative. And so you've got a product that has exactly the kind of storytelling that I want to see in the world in tourism, which is like based on feeling and nostalgia and the sort of like deep human connection that we all have to these types of experiences in our life. It's so powerful. Yep. 
you're exactly right. And I realized early on that I, if I was going to run something like a sandwich tour, it could not just be walking around eating sandwiches. That's not going to work. It had to be more than a food tour. So my tours incorporate both history of the neighborhoods that we're in, and they incorporate a purpose. And I will tell the purpose up front. I will say, today we are going to try and unpack the question, what is a sandwich, and try three different interpretations. Across these next two hours, I'm going to test what you think they are. I'm going to see if I can change your mind. But we're going to realize that there is more to it than just eating it. And I, I encourage a very rigorous debate. I want fingers waving. I want fists pounding on tables. I want the full-throated debate to occur. But at the very end, I always wrap up by saying that sandwiches are a personal thing. They are emotive. They do take you back to when your grandma was making a bologna sandwich because they are not a set of rules. Sandwiches are not a specific set of ingredients. They are an experience. And the experience is going to be so individualized to all of us based on so many elements in our life, including our family, where we're from, where our parents are from, uh, culture, language, etc. But ultimately, they're an experience. And the best thing about the experience is that we cut our sandwiches in half to share them. They bring us together. They should never just be a food of convenience. They're a dish that is ubiquitous across the world. And because of that, we can always speak sandwich with each other, regardless of our native tongue, which brings together um, this higher power message and purpose of my tour, rather than just gorging ourselves on giant pastrami sandwiches. Parlez-vous panini. <laughs> that's right that's beautiful you've brought pastrami stained tears to my eyes with that little speech that's great you know in tour development we call that a theme right it's it's a purpose a theme it's a reason why we're doing what we're doing and it hopefully cements everything that we're doing into something a little bit deeper so that's so powerful i love i love that message um What's uh what's been your journey as an as an entrepreneur in terms of running an actual business? What have you found struggling? What have your struggles been? What have your wins been? I'm curious a little bit pulling behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah good question. I, I often describe myself as an accidental entrepreneur. Uh I first started doing this as a hobby, as a bit of fun, purely because I love eating and I want to hang out with folks. And if I can have a beer with them at the end of the day, even better, fantastic. And so I ran tours just one day a week for two, two and a half hours, just out of a bit of fun until, uh, I, the, until the day that the startup I was working for closed in April, 2019, I remember it very well. And that night I had been invited to a dinner for hosts in New York City. And I got to sit around a table with incredibly inspiring people who were doing their own niche tours. Um, thrift shopping, candy making, sailing, motorbike riding, etc. And it finally crystallized to me that this little hobby that I had could actually be a full-time gig. And it had taken me a little while to realize what was exactly in front of my nose. But the moment I caught on to it, I realized, all right, this is this is time for me to try and do this full time. 
from that point onwards, that was April 2019, things were going swimmingly until COVID happened. Um, but it has just been a one-man show the entire time. And uh, whilst I think I am blessed with a lot of attributes like storytelling, the ability to identify um, opportunities and really jump on them, um, knowing when a little bit of luck has come my way and really capitalizing on that luck. I didn't necessarily have the strategic uh, foresight that I think a lot of tour operators do. And so I think I'm very, very, very far away from the perfect tourpreneur, but I'm a perfect story for tourpreneurs because you do have to identify the opportunities when you, they come your way and pounce on them. The online experience world is the perfect example of that. It came up, I was invited to be involved and I jumped on it. And it's only because I jumped on that opportunity that my business exists today. Along the way, I've made so many mistakes. Um, and, um, not employing a team uh, really until now, in hindsight, has been a bit of an error. Building tours that are overly dependent on individual vendors, not having the flexibility has been an error in the past. Being involved in exclusivity agreements or contracts has not worked out for me. But I think there's just an element of longevity and being in this world and being in this space that you learn as you do. The most important thing that has worked for me is that I went into it for the love of the sandwich rather than the money or the business. As I just said, this was a hobby because I loved it for two years and that has prevented burnout running the same or similar tours most days of the week for five years can be a lot but because the first two to three years was just a bit of fun that has meant that i still i still love doing it i still for the first time in my life miss not working when i'm on vacation and that is mind-blowing to me after being a lawyer that i didn't enjoy being a lawyer for 10 years now missing doing this is just Incredible. Careful. You've sold this so much. And I also live in New York and I know there's a market opportunity. There's only one of you. I might, I might jump into this space. It sounds lovely. <laughs> there's now three sandwich tours. There's already three. So Mitch. Oh, yeah. oh, no, that's too crowded for me. Listen, I was going to wrap up here because that was a beautiful little sermon. However, I am a little bit curious, uh, just in terms of helping our community learn this very important lesson. What did you learn about building a team to support you and what you do? What were you wasting time on? What did you decide to start outsourcing? How did you go about building that? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm definitely still a little bit stuck working in the business rather than on the business, uh, which I know is a bit of a buzz trade in our industry. Um, the first thing- Cliche because it's true. It's so cliched and so true as well. The first time I really realized I needed help was uh, the week before Christmas 2020 when I did have a team to help me with the online classes. I, when I say team, I had one other host helping me out. And the day before the busiest week of the year, which is the week before Christmas, he bailed uh, for some personal reasons, so that's all fine. But it meant that in the Monday to Friday before Christmas 2020, I had to run 45 online classes on my own. Uh, I was doing 
uh, 12 one-hour classes back-to-back on some of those days, which when you're doing them online, you have to give even more energy and more personality than in person to sort of engage people. And it almost broke me. Uh, And so I realized that even for the element of hosting and providing the tours, that was the first thing I needed help doing so that it physically would not break me the following Christmas and it allowed me to um, get more bookings in, to reach out to people to really build it. So the first thing I did in 2021 was reach out to some um, other hosts in the Airbnb world. One of them, you know, Christy from Nashville, who is an amazing uh, host herself. She does photography down there. And I brought her on the podcast. Also on the podcast, great pace you've got there, Mitch, to help run the online classes. And so last year, between the two of us and one other host, we were able to do 55 classes in the five days before Christmas. Um, So just literally servicing the demand or the booking was the first thing I needed help with. Um, I'm right now literally interviewing for tour guides for my in-person walking tours because it's now at a point where I can't be in two places at the same time. I can't be doing walking tours and online classes. And the demand for both of them is steady, if not increasing. And so if I have help doing those at the first point, I can um, I can increase the amount of customers that are coming through the door. When I increase the customers coming through the door, we have greater budgets to do things like build a better website so I can uh, get off the, um, uh, the teat of OTAs and bring in uh, direct customers. It allows me to think more strategically about where I can take this business. It allows me to do far more networking uh, rather than be there at the call face all the time, which I still love. But I know if I'm running all of the tours myself, there's a limitation to where this business is going to go. Brilliant. I love this. I love the message. I love your company. And I love that you took the time to share your story and your uh, earned wisdom with the tourpreneur community. So Ben, thank you so much. My absolute pleasure, Mitch. But I have to uh, ask, ask you one question if that's all right. that's fine. I can always edit this later. (laughs) The question of course is, is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, Yes, it absolutely is a sandwich. It's something in between two other somethings. Do you need two? What about an open face sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. But the other something that's there is the absence of something. In other words, it's still a, it's still a perceived lack of presence. So it's still there. Like, otherwise, we wouldn't have a name in Open Face Sandwich. We're explaining or describing the emptiness that is there. So it's still an entity that's up there. I think you must have taken a philosophy course at some point. <laughs> that was very, very physical of you. Seven years of philosophy right there. I finally got to use it. Finally got to use it in a normal daily life setting. I can dial <laughs> that. Brilliant. that. I love it. All right. I love it. Ben, thank you so much. I got to go eat a hot dog now.